episode number 47, interview with Indesa members memo on catching cheaters. Keeping today's workplace drug-free should not be confusing. This is the Clearing the Haze podcast, giving you the tools you need to most effectively address drug and alcohol use and decreased productivity in the workplace while investing in your positive company image. Now, here's your host, Chuck Marting. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Clearing the Haze. I'm your host, Chuck Marting. On this week's episode, we play a interview that I did with Indesa member memo regarding cheating when doing your drug test and the things that we do in our facility and how we've been successful in catching individuals coming into our facility, bringing synthetic urine and attempting. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Indesa members memo. I'm Joe McGuire and I am the executive director for the National Drug and Alcohol Screening Association. And today we are interviewing Chuck Marting, who is the owner of Colorado Mobile Drug Testing up in Northern Colorado. He is also an Indesa board member and a longtime colleague of mine in the industry and uh, one of our trainers that we use both for webinars and at our conference. And Chuck, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> well, we're Certainly happy to have you. And, uh, you know, we had several requests to interview you on the podcast um, because you teach this great class about how to catch drug test cheaters. And folks are always so interested in that. Your class is very popular at conference. Um, People give you great reviews. I think you have your reviews are second to my class. (laughs) (laughs) Not bragging. No, I hear you. (laughs) Of course, that didn't work the first year because I didn't teach it. But but folks do really like um, the class about how to catch cheaters. And I think it's so important. Um, I know that when um, my daughter had worked for someone else in the industry and learned to do drug testing for like a year and a half, And then came to work for you, actually almost two years. And then she came to work for you and she was like, oh my gosh, I shudder to think how many people were cheating their tests before Chuck taught me this. We we hear Um, that all the time. Your system works and you know how to do it. But she was telling me even just this week, she goes, "Um, nobody stares them down and gets them to admit it like Chuck. She goes, I can detect it, but then I don't know what to do after that. I got call Chuck and he handles it. So would you be willing to, um, first of all, let's, let's start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into our topic. Okay, great. Um, little background on me. I'm a retired law enforcement officer. Uh, I served uh, for 20 years. Majority of that time was with a local police department here in Colorado, uh, Thornton Police Department, which is just about 10 minutes north of Denver. Uh, I spent uh, almost half my career as a school resource officer, but I also spent 17 years as a drug recognition expert and uh, DUI SFST instructor. So I, I trained officers on how to detect and apprehend DUIs and then also be able to detect when people we're under the influence of drugs, and I would come in and do an evaluation, and then um, I was an expert witness in court. I still get called once in a while. Uh, I haven't been called in about two years, but I have been called before 
Uh, it's kind of a cool thing when you have a judge that pulls you off the street to come in and look at somebody in court to find out if they're impaired. And I had that happen multiple times. Yeah. Um, so wow. a lot of the stuff that I teach in the class for synthetic urine and how to, how to recognize it is stuff that I learned early on from doing those type of investigations. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's where a lot of that came from. So uh, I decided when, when I first got married and, and uh, I got into law enforcement, I told my wife, Stacy that I would do it for 20 years and then I would look at doing something else. And I kept that promise and uh, started looking at what I could do that would uh, be in my strengths and stuff like that. And so we looked at drug testing, especially after I had an arrest and, and the guy was upset because he was going to miss his pre-employment drug test. And so I looked oh. at him and I said, well, why don't you just make another appointment or something or go find somebody that can come to you? And he's like, oh, they don't do that. I was like, oh. <laughs> so we looked into that and uh, we started our business from our kitchen table. I had, um, at that time, uh, I had Joe Riley come out and he trained Stacy and I and we got into the business. And, you know, it was, uh, it was eye-opening and uh, it was a little bit different than what I did in law enforcement. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's... The drug testing field is something that I told my wife when we first got into it. It's never going to go away. You're always going to have that fear of impairment um, and employers having to deal with individuals within the workplace. Uh, mm-hmm. So I decided to retire after we found out that Stacy was making more in two hours than I was in a whole day as a police officer. We figured it was time for me to leave. So wow, that's wow, that's how that happened. Yeah. Uh, we've been and you go from one set of rules to another. Set yeah, of rules. exactly. <laughs> so we we've, we've got two offices now. We had the one there in Fort Morgan, Northeast Colorado, and then the other one here in Denver, Colorado, um, about four and a half miles away from uh, Denver International Airport. Got you. That's fabulous. That's fabulous. And I've been to that um, airport location, and it's a great location um, right there. It, it's it's just it's amazing. It's it's the best, and um, you're my you're also my car park when I <laughs> need to be on an extended trip. Save me that eight bucks a day at the airport. Yeah. Much appreciated. Yeah, not a problem. Um, so thank you for doing that for Indesa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's your one of your give backs to the uh, the That's association. Right. Um, and it's that close. Like the the um, Uber ride is like less than eight minutes. It's probably less than five minutes. Yeah. Depending on who's driving the Uber. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so uh, you and I both live in Colorado where uh, marijuana is legal for um, medicinal, uh, you know, ostensible quote medical use and adult recreational use. And since uh, legalization came into play in uh 2013, we have seen an absolute skyrocket in drug test cheating, um, as have other states. Although some states have laws on the books about cheating, like Illinois, we do not. And uh, I, I don't think those state laws change a whole lot um, because I don't think most people know that it's against the law in states where they where they have something on the books. But all that having been said. Um, here it's kind of like a great big free for all. And then you add to that, uh, the COVID situation where drug and alcohol and opiates use is skyrocketing the highest it's ever been. Um, you know, we went, we had an increase, 
um, in the 70s and had a, a downward trend for many, many years after DOT drug testing was implemented um, and uh, military drug testing was implemented. Um, things went were going downward for years and years and years. And then since legalization, there's been a slight uptick. Um, it's it's went up and then down, and now it's going way up. So here we are. Uh, tell us what you deal with just on a day-to-day basis in this regard. You know, we have a lot of uh, individuals that come into our facilities, um, and then we have a lot of on-site stuff that we do as well hence the the mobile in our name. But, you know, it's interesting uh, when you're talking about a lot of this, it, to start this off, a lot of this is is body language, watching how somebody walks into your facility, okay? That and, and also facial expressions and things like that. Um, we see people every single day, and, and being able to recognize that kind of stuff when they come through the door uh, is something you need to key in on and you need to pay attention to because that's going to be your first clue with any of these guys coming in. Now, when I say that, I'm not saying that, that we need to be, you know, like a like a police officer or a bouncer right when these guys are coming in and, and making a snap judgment. But in the back of your mind, you should have that little tickle that there's something going on and then just kind of watch this person, especially like when you start going through your instructions and you're having them empty their pockets and um, you're doing little things like asking them to sit down and they don't want to sit or they come in and they start going, you know, I got to pee really bad. Okay. That, that's another flag for us. What I've told our, our, the people on our team is that when you have people like that come in and they say, I've got to pee really bad, you need to slow down and see how they act. Yes. Uh, yes. Because when they want to go right now, they want to go to the front of the line or they want you to get this done before you complete your administrative paperwork they likely have a hot or heated specimen in their pocket and they don't want it to go below body temperature. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's if they're doing it right. A lot of the times these guys just don't know what they're doing with that stuff, but yeah, they've, they probably got it in their pants and so it's burning them up. And so they want to get it done. So we're, mm-hmm. we're trying to slow it down. And, and that's the big thing is, is their emergency is not going to dictate my emergency. Uh, and exactly. that's what I tell our collectors. I don't want them to get, um, you know, s- not not scared, but you don't want to have somebody intimidate you or anything like that. And you need to slow down um, and, and talk to them and say, look, I have to, I'm required to get my paperwork done with you first. I have to see your ID, all that other stuff. So we go through that, that whole step. Now, once you get past that, it, it's watching them um, when you're going to the room to do the collections as well. You know, how are they walking? I can't tell you how many times we've had people that have come in and, and, and they're, they're limping almost, or, or you see them favoring one side, or um, they, they kind of like limp their, their way into the bathroom, and you're just kind of making a mental note like that. Um, when they do get into that restroom, you know, it's just having them wash their hands, just watching the whole thing, and then just really paying attention to when you're outside that door um, mm-hmm. and, and listening uh, if, if you've got a room that you're doing this and you've got a lot of background noise, you got to fix that. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's putting in a window above your door or even getting a door that is um, one size shorter than the door you have or sawing off two or three inches off the top of the door, um, mm-hmm. just so you can hear what's going on in that room. Um, mm-hmm. That's 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 key, too. Um, but the big thing, once you get with somebody, you get into the restroom, you look at the, 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 uh, 
the specimen they're giving you, the color of it, you know, is going to really key in on that as well. Uh, it, it just doesn't look right. You know, I, I've, I've compared it to somebody taking a yellow otter pop that you put in the freezer and, and pouring it into a cup. It's very flat. It's an off yellow color. Um, and the other thing that we found, is it doesn't have any smell. Now, there are a couple brands that are out there now that do have smell, but holy cow, when you when you go to sniff it, even before you even get near the cup, you can smell it. It smells like bleach or pine salt or something like that, so you know right away that this isn't urine. The hardest thing for us to detect is when somebody brings somebody else's urine in, and if it's at temperature, it's going to be hard unless mm-hmm. you really heard them or seen them do something. Now, I, I know when we had a... Uh, we had a training not too long ago. We had people that were asking about when they empty their pockets and things like that, should they be taking off their boots and all that other stuff? Uh, we don't do that. Um, we do exactly what DOTs asked us to do. And, and that's because one, I don't want to go any further with, you know, search and seizure and fourth amendment rights and all that other stuff. But uh, we have them empty their pockets. If they have an outer garment, you know, just sweatshirt or something, they take that off and their hat, we'll have them look under their hat. But other than that, that's it. And the reason why I say that is even if they do put something in their boot, what we've seen is that they get so nervous about doing this that when you open the door and they come and you go in, you'll see that they have one pant leg up and one pant leg out. <laughs> it wasn't like that when you went in there. You know, it's Tell-tale. so we need to we really need to look at that individual from the start all the way through the finish because you're gonna see stuff like that. You're gonna mm-hmm. see if they spill it on themselves, things like that. Um but the biggest thing when you're talking to these guys, I found that there's one word that really um, puts us all in perspective, and that's empathy. I'm not saying sympathy, two different words. I'm saying empathy. Mm-hmm. If you show that you have concern with somebody, they're going to tell you anything. The other thing is learning how to ask your questions with open-ended questions. Okay, Because mm-hmm. most of the time when you do that, it, you're not a, it's not an accusatory type thing. They don't feel like they're being interrogated. And so what I mean like that, to just give you an example, one of the things that we do is when we have something like that, it's showing us all the signs and symptoms of, of being a uh, synthetic specimen. The temperature's off. There's no smell or it has a chemical smell or whatever. We're standing right there with the individual. We're looking at everything, and, and we look at them, just like your mom would look at you or something like that, and you look at them and you say, is there something you're worried about? And nine times out of ten, they're going to look at you and go, no, why? And you, and you say, well, you know, you don't have any temperature here. The smell, there's no smell. It's an off color. And usually when somebody does that or I get a specimen like that, it's because they've used synthetic urine because they're worried about something. So that's why I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Is there something you're worried about that we can take care of? And I can tell you, approaching it in that way, nine times out of ten, they admit to us that they brought something into the bathroom. Wow. Because I'm not doing it in a confrontational way. And that's what I mean. Empathy. Right. You're showing concern. It's an open-ended mm-hmm. question, you know, that they're not going to be able to just say yes, no, or whatever. Okay? Right. But we're also showing them what we're saying. And then you're doing the mind game of saying, you know, usually when somebody gives me synthetic urine. So by telling them that, they're, you're telling them, look, I already know that this is synthetic. So they already know the gig's mm-hmm. up at that point. Right. So that's how we end up getting a lot of that. And it works. Um, my collector that's here in Denver, his his second collection that he ever got, second one, he got somebody with synthetic urine just talking to him. And then, Incredible. And then he got a Wizinator the next time. 
<laughs> guy took it. He freaked out because the guy just started taking it off. He's like, whoa, wait a minute. What's <laughs> happening here? Yeah, yeah, what are you doing, Chuck? Uh, so, yes. you know, <laughs> that's that's the biggest thing I can tell people is in your approach. It, it, think of empathy. Think about when you had mom, dad, grandma, anybody like that. When they had concern for you, how did they talk to you? If you will mm-hmm. talk to people like that, they're expecting you to treat them like, you know, they're being interrogated. But if you do it the right. other way, you're going to have a lot more success. It- so once you treat them with empathy and you say, you know, what are you worried about? And they say, well, I was worried that I'm going to fail the drug test because, you know, marijuana is legal, but this job doesn't allow it. Um, what are your next steps? Do you encourage them to try to take the test clean, you know, to to try to do a, a, a test um, with their own urine following that, of course, under direct observation, or do you just, you know, take the chance? What do you, what, what are your, what, what is your process? Well, that's a good question because with DOT, once they admit to us that they brought something in the restroom or they hand it to us, we're done, mm-hmm. you know, so that's, that's a done deal. Now, if the person is sitting there and they're not going to give that to us and we get that, um, then we go through the procedure, and a lot of times when they hear that and then they know we're packaging this up right now, and then we have to immediately go into that second collection. Mm-hmm. A lot of times once they hear that, they're done. They don't want to do anything else because they know as soon as, as, soon as they drop their pants, we're going to find whatever they brought in with them or whatever, unless it's in their boot or something like that. We've had mm-hmm. that a couple times where um, you know, we didn't find anything, but we know it was synthetic, and then you get two different specimens. One that's bright yellow and the other one looks like, you know, dark urine. And you're like, right. going, yeah, this didn't come. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty obvious. Out of the same body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you know yeah. that, that you're hitting on that. Um, but, you know, along with that empathy and the questions is we have a tendency of sometimes talking too much. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is I, I, I've taught our guys that when you're doing this and you ask them if there's something that, that they're worried about and then you do your spiel about doing the open-ended question with them and they don't say anything, don't say nothing. Just sit there. It'll probably be the, the most uncomfortable thing you do for the next 10, 15, 20 seconds. But you just look at them. And a lot of times I'll hold my hand out and just look at them and don't say a word. Mm-hmm. And they will start talking. They'll break the silence because they're going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> So they're going to start talking to you and they're going to give it to you, but we have to be patient. That's another thing is just being patient with it. And, you know, silence means the ant that that they're going to answer my question. Okay. That's the way you got to look at it is just being quiet. Even as a police officer, we found that when, when you would go in and you would start investigating something with someone and you're interviewing them, just be quiet and listen. And, And, you know, you've got to be an active listener. Because a lot of times these guys will say something that they don't realize because they're not able to keep their lie straight. So if you listen, you're going to catch a lot of that as well. So, you know, just active listening skills. You know, if, if you've not had a lot of experience with that, you know, there's a couple really good books out there I, could, I can refer you to here at the end of this um, that I give to our people as well to read. Because it will help you a lot. Because a lot of us that are in this profession, we have not – look, I mean – Confronting somebody and then, you know, in the way that we have to do that to get synthetic urine or or confront them about cheating on the test is uncomfortable. We haven't had to do that in life. Yeah, I I would appreciate the uh, referral to those books because as someone who's a professional speaker, 
Um, I, I just, you know, I love teaching. I love explaining. I, I'm a verbal processor. You know, then you add on top of it, I'm a verbal processor. When I think th- things through, I think out loud. Um, you know, I'm better with someone else and bouncing ideas off of them. And, and plus I'm an extrovert and outgoing. Mm -hmm. So for me, that active listening is tough and it's, it's not tough because I don't want to hear what someone else has to say. It just goes against the grain of my natural personality. So I have to remind myself um, unless I'm engaged in a conversation where I'm really trying to learn from someone like now, I've been able to shut my mouth and listen to you, but <laughs> in those kind skills. of situations, yeah. especially if I'm a little nervous, yeah. um, I would be prone to like start explaining the rules and, you know, whatever. And, um, but it, I could see where it would serve me well to dial it down and, and to just, um, to just listen. So yeah, make sure you give me those at the end. <laughs> I, I will. I'll give that to you. There's, there's also something else that I think that uh, you have a huge advantage over and that is being a mom, you know? And I, and I say that because I remember my mom and I've watched Stacy with our kids and uh, you know, you know, the minute your kids start talking to you, if they're lying to you, you just know it. So how did you approach that with them? How did you talk to them? You know, most of the time you weren't yelling and screaming unless they really did something that infuriates you or something like that. But most of the time we're sitting there looking at them and you're giving them that mom look and they spill their guts. True. I I was, you know, I raised three kids that are all adults now and two boys, my oldest and very tough, very, very tough, especially uh, in their, in their teenage years. And, um, they, I, I just got quiet, you know, I got mm-hmm. very quiet when go. <laughs> they knew it was serious when yeah. my decibels were like way below just the normal conversation. They all say that to this day. Uh, so yeah, it's well, true. <laughs> and and something that everybody exactly. needs to think about that silence gives you an opportunity to really think for a couple of seconds as to what direction you're wanting to go with this. What are you going to do next? but also having the active listening skills of listening to what they say so that you can key in on that. You know, I, I I can tell you how many times we've had non DOT people that have come in and we don't argue with them or anything like that. We tell them, look, this is what you're going to need to do. You're going to need to come back out here and you're going to need to sit and you'll probably need to drink some water or something. And then when you're able to go, we'll do this again. Now we have some clients that are, um, having us do, they, they mirror DOT policies, so they require an observed collection. Like we have a couple of airlines that it's non-DOT, they treat it the same way, it's an observed. Some of them don't. If we have people coming in for rapid screens, we're having them do another test, it's not observed. But you're, you're going back to that active listening skills and you're going back to watching these guys. And another thing that we've learned very quickly, do not let them have their phone. They will sit there forever on their phone. If you have them secure their phone and stuff like that, and then they're out here sitting and they ask if they can get their phone back, you know, I can't, I can't make them not get their phone back, but I can sit there and tell them, we'll let you have your phone after we're done with the testing right now. I can tell you that it will speed up your shy bladder time within 
you know, Interesting. a lot of, a lot. And that's what we've found because now they don't have people to text and say, Oh crap, they caught me. Now what do I do? Now they have right. to make that decision themselves. And the longer they sit there, the more amped up they get about as far as anxious and uh, they want to get it done. And so you'll either have one or two things. They're going to get up and leave or they're going to, they're going to go ahead and do the test. And it will amaze you how fast they have to pee after you do that with them. So that's just another tip uh, that I can give you on that that we have found. Um, because, man, nobody wants to sit there for the next two and a half, three hours with somebody. And you know they're playing <laughs> games with you. you know? So that's one way of being able to, to speed it up a little bit. Um, yeah, especially if they're, hey, if you get three hours out of work, why don't you just sit here for a while? Yeah, and, you know? yeah exactly. And that's the way exactly. they look at it. They're getting paid for the next three hours to sit there. And if they don't, you'll get the question, so what if I don't give you another specimen? I only pee one, do- one time a day. Okay, well, then it's the consequences that you have with your employer. I can only go for the three hours with you, but I can tell mm-hmm. you usually within you know, 30 to 45 minutes after you've had something to drink, you should be able to give me enough. They're going to be fine. What I need. Yeah. So I don't want to fail to mention that this is uh, easily, how long was this class at conference? Was it a two hour class? It was longer than one. Uh, I think it was an hour and a half that we did. I can't hour remember and right class. now. And I think this year we are actually going to ask you, um, to double duty that that with drugs of abuse, I believe back to back. I'll I'll take a look at that mm-hmm. and see what we're doing. Mm-hmm. But um, for those of you who would like to listen to Chuck teach this from beginning to end, um, we'll do it at our conference in May, which we will, I believe, also be um, having a virtual option. Where I think we're doing a blended conference. At least we're planning on it at this point. Um, but also you can contact Chuck directly. He, he does teach this class for companies and has resources available. And, um, so if you don't want to wait until May, uh, you can reach out to <laughs> Chuck. Why don't you give your email address? Because I know that I'll mess it up. I, I, You're if it good. wasn't an auto type on my computer, I would mess it up every time. Yep, you got it. Uh, they can get hold of me at Coloretto. M is in Mary, D is in David testing. So chuck.coloradomdtesting at gmail.com. And uh, I, I'll tell you, I, I'll try and get back to you as soon as I can. If it isn't right away, it's because we're in the middle of testing and, and you all know how that is. And uh, But we'll get back with you. Or you can even uh, go to our website, which is uh, www.coloradomobiledrugtesting.com. And it's got our email and all that stuff and our phone numbers you can call. I've had people call me from across the country and, and I have a company that after we're done with a lot of this pandemic stuff, they want us to fly out and to have hands on with their people. And I think that's some of the best training that we can do because we're able to go through scenarios like what I'm talking about here and build people's confidence that they're going to be able to catch it. And uh, exactly. I, I think that's, that's what's important. Like I said, a lot of us have just not been in, put into that position. Um, but we know when we've been lied to by people and I think that's, that's the biggest thing. And um, just being calm. You don't have to get upset with them. You don't have to, you know, we just, we just need to remember that, one, everybody wants to be acknowledged and everybody wants to know that they're, that, 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 um, they're important. And I, I think if you approach it in that way, like I said, with empathy, you're going to find it, your results are going to skyrocket even just with that, you know. Um, and that's the, probably some of the best advice that I can give you on that. You know, and having confidence in what you're doing, not being arrogant, being confident and, and, and 
showing that you know what you're talking about. That's why we sit there and we show them what I'm looking at. Look, there's no temperature here. There's no smell. You know, I have I hold it out for them to smell what they want. And I'm like, the color's off. So I need you to give me what you brought into the restroom. And nice. I hold my hand out. Because I already told them I know. At that point, right. just by looking at their eyes, when you tell them this, you're going to see it in their eyes right away. And they're <laughs> going to give it to you. So just try that. Right. Just that one simple open-ended question that I'm giving you and tell me if that doesn't work. I know it does because I've had a number of people call us and they said, oh, my God, they gave it to me. It, it works. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's the whole thing. It works. And, and if they don't give it to you, it's not the end of the world. Okay, we're going to do this other. Now, we've had people say, well, what if they start yelling, screaming, and hollering at us or whatever, and now they're, I'm being feeling, I'm, I'm, I feel threatened. You guys need to still stay calm, look at them and say, look, you have two choices here. One, we can have you come out here and sit down and drink, and we'll do another test with you. Or number mm-hmm. two, you can choose not to. I can't keep you here, and if that's the case, then we're done. So, mm-hmm. And if they keep going, then you look at them and say, look, we have two choices. Which mm-hmm. one are you wanting to do? And by you doing that and not engaging them, they know that, that you're not talking about this. You've given them their choice. Now it's up to them. Make a decision. There you're you not going to play the game. Yeah, I'm not playing the game. But yeah. and you, look at them, you look at them firmly, but you keep your voice at a level that, that's comfortable with people. Um, don't get to their level because then they're going to feel like they're being attacked. Remember, keep it down. Just like when mom was really ticked off at you, you know, she mm-hmm. kept her voice and you knew you were in trouble, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and that look, all, you know, my mom, all she had to do was look at us and we're like, I know I'm dead. I'm done. You yeah. Know, that's, that's the other thing. Look, that reminds me, my kids say the worst looks they got for misbehaving was in church. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You get, the, you get the death stare in the middle of the sermon, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so use that. I mean, we've got that kind of training. We've we've been doing it all of our lives, most of us, and, and so it's just put implementing it in a way that you've got to come up with your own way of doing it and be comfortable with it. And I and I've taught that to our guys. Yeah. Look, this is the wording that I use, but as long as you use an open ended question like this. They're going to respond to you. So I can tell you, like Stacy, she has a different way of asking, and she gets synthetic urine from people all the time. I have one collector that she's the same way. She was having some issues at first because, and she she was like going, look, all these other guys are getting this. I was getting it at one time, and I'm not getting it anymore, so what am I doing wrong? And, and I just told her, I said, you know, give them that mom look after you talk to them. Don't say anything. Just look at them. Her next collection mm-hmm. that she had, the guy gave her synthetic urine. Gave it to her. She'd come running into my office going, I got it. You know? So, so <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just being patient with I think the key yourself. there is that confidence in your confidence in your expertise and your position. But, but more than anything, confidence in the rules. You want to protect the integrity of the test. You want to send something to the yes. lab that is authentic, that reflects that safety in that workplace or that, that family or whatever the scenario is. And you're the guardian of that. And you're signing that paper stating that you attest that you've done everything you can to protect the integrity of the test. So, you know, you want to make sure every time you sign your name on that chain of custody form, you have done all that you can to make sure that that specimen is, is what is, you know, what they say it is. Look, and you're, um, and so you're right. So important. You're right. And, and one of the things that we do is we do anytime we get synthetic urine, this is what I would encourage everybody else to do. Cause now you're looking at a refusal. We do a memorandum of record 
documenting the whole thing because you're not going to be able to give everything in those remarks. And we also take a picture if they gave it to us of what they gave us and send that with the memorandum. So now the MRO's got a picture of what we recovered from them as well. It, it, and we've Excellent. had the MROs call us and say, that is awesome because now I can not only visualize what you're saying, but I'm seeing physically what they gave you. So when I talk to this person and they deny it, I'm like going, well, I got a picture right here that you right. gave them. And the other thing is, is we keep that. And you've been to my office. I've got three box Quest boxes, not advertising for Quest, but three big boxes mm-hmm. from Quest that are full of synthetic urine that we recover from people. Now, why do we keep that? Because it is so powerful to go into a training session when you're doing reasonable suspicion with supervisors and take that box and dump it on the table. And you say, yep. this is why you're with this person from beginning until I get there. You don't let them go yes. get a driver's license. You don't let them do any of this stuff unless you're with them because they're going to get this. And, and right. so it's a powerful tool. But also your DERs, they're going to start understanding. We have one company right now. They tell their guys before they send them here, they tell them, look, those guys are bloodhounds down there. If you're going to give them synthetic urine, they're going to catch you. That's why we have our people drive as far as we do to go to their office because we know that if Chuck and these guys are telling us that they're good, we know you're good. So don't waste our time. And, and that's how they approach it. And now they still have people that have come down here and given us synthetic urine. And they're like, man, we told them. And, and we still catch yeah. <laughs> But you'll be surprised. You'll have, uh, we have a new client that we've had for about six months. And we started catching people left and right. And they came and talked to us. And they said, you know what scares us the most? You're the only ones that have caught this. How much have we missed? Because the yeah. collector didn't know how to approach this. I I totally agree, and I, I think it's something that we really need to shore up in our industry across the board um, so that drug and alcohol testing isn't a joke. You know when you talk to a donor who's a regular user, if they've been to a shoddy facility repeatedly, and to them, you know, they're very arrogant about super easy to cheat, nobody cares. That's because we've got facilities where they're not training the collectors properly. And we frankly are out to change that. So that's one of the reasons we want to talk about it and offer the training that we do with you and refer you out to people because we do believe it's so very important. And, you know, we're going to keep um, banging this drum. Good. And we need uh, to. Because it is, it's about protecting safety. Yep. We have, it's funny, I've got to just add on to what you just said. One of our collectors up in Fort Morgan, she had caught somebody with synthetic urine and this guy gave it to her. And then after he washed his hands, he gave her a high five and he looked there and he said, you are the first one in five years that's ever caught me doing this. He goes, I've been doing this for five years because nobody's ever caught me. So how does that make her feel as a collector now? She has the confidence that what she's been taught and what she's doing is right. Because I'm not going right. to I'm not going to lie to you. You still have in the back of your mind, even as many times as I've done this, you still have in the back of your mind. Well, what if he didn't give me synthetic hair? Right. You know. But if he didn't, they're not going to act the way that they do. Because you're going to see right. the same actions every time. So you'll know right away. But um, be mm-hmm. confident in what you learn. Be confident in your ability to talk to people and and to do this. And I'm telling you, you're you're going to be able to catch it. It'll surprise you. <laughs> Yeah, I do think one of the things that we don't do well, uh, and it says r- right in the rules, you you look at the color, you you look at the temperature, you look at the color, and you smell. And I think you know you don't have to put your nose right down in there, but you can smell it. You just have to actively do it. 
And that's a, that's a big one. Well, um, what are the books that you would <laughs> recommend on active listening? All right. Number one, this I, I have on audio and I listen to it all the time still, but it is called Becoming Bulletproof and it's by Evie Pomporis. She was a female secret service agent and uh, she was a, a polygraph um, technician. So she did polygraphs with people and that's how she's talking about how you can just talk to people and ask them certain questions and things and get this. And it's awesome. I, even with me having done this as long as I did, I love this book and I've, I've listened to it over and over again because she has a lot of things that I teach about catching people with this, but she's given me some ideas on things that I can do in approaching this as well. Um, Well, I think we would all want to utilize that skill no matter what we're applying it to. (laughs) Yeah. The other one, uh, it's not out on audio yet, uh, but it's in, in, you know, you can get it on Amazon or Kindle. And uh, the name of that book is Max Out Your Life by Ed Milet. He talks about, and you can even go on YouTube onto his YouTube channel and and look at um, active listening and things like that. He's got a really good video out there that talks about how to engage people and listen to them. And um, even as much as you and I have been doing podcasts and stuff like that, um, listening to that and watching it, I I catch myself sometimes even doing interviews um, where I'm about ready to cut somebody off. I'm like, nope, 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 shut your mouth. Just don't <laughs> talk because you're so well, used to getting things out and, and, and losing yeah. your thought. So I have to have like my notebook right here. So then while you're talking, if there's a point that I want to make, I'm writing it down. So I'm allowing you to finish what you're saying and then ask, you know. Very good. So Very good the, to know. Those are so, the two books uh, that I would recommend. Also, before we leave, tell us about your podcast. I have alluded to your podcast, <laughs> um, both my personal pod and the Indesa pod. Uh, but you tell us about it from your mouth. It's much more powerful and exciting and interesting that way. Well, what I did was I, I, I had talked to you for a long time about doing this, and it just got to the point where I just said, you know what, screw it, I'm going to do it. Uh, because I saw the need there uh, for a lot of people, and, and we were getting a lot of questions from people. So I said, I just got to do this. And so we came out with Clearing the Haze, which is a podcast for our industry and also for employers in our industry to teach and to learn from each other, just having another outlet to learn things that will help us in not only having a better business, but also a better collection service and to be able to serve our clients better. Um, I try to come out with a podcast once a week. Um, I, I look, I'm not perfect. I've had a couple weeks where I wasn't able to because of things going on in the office and y'all know how that goes. But, uh, mm-hmm. for the most part, I just released, uh, the episode today, which was our 45th, uh, episode. And it's talking about the ketamine clinics. I don't know if you've talked, if you've heard about that, but they've got ketamine clinics that they're, they're actually giving ketamine to people that have, um, depression that has not been able to be uh, helped with any other type of medication. So these people will go there. They cannot take the medication with them. They have to go there, have it take, they take it in front of the doctor and they sit there and watch the doctor watches them for the next half hour to 45 minutes to make sure they're okay before they leave. There's a lot of scary things about ketamine and you have to listen to the podcast to hear about this. Okay. But Joe, check this out. We have 14 of those clinics in the state of Colorado alone. I didn't know anything about it oh until just word. the other day. And it's totally legal. The FDA even approved it last March 2019. They came out and approved it as a therapy for depression. 
So, oh my goodness, you're blowing my mind right now. Like all I'm thinking of is like <laughs> medically assisted heroin uh-huh. uh, rooms and yeah. stuff like that. So, That's so crazy. It's, it's topics like that. We talked about injectable CBD. CBD. Who would have ever thought that they would come out with an injectable marijuana product, but they have. Yeah. We were told it was impossible eight years ago, and now here we are with the FDA slapping down a dispensary in Colorado for distributing it internationally, yep. even. Yep. Yep. So, so we're they went they went whole hog. <laughs> yeah. So this is some of the things that we talk about, and then there's sometimes where you know what I I try to keep up. I, I t- spend the first hour of my day just kind of looking through headlines and stories and things like that to find ideas for the podcast. But there's been times where there just really hasn't been anything, and I've already talked about it. So I'll do stuff, you know, like leadership and stuff like that for for you as a business owner to try and help you with those type of things as well. So um, mm-hmm. there you go. So. I, I think that I have an obligation to be able to share this stuff with other people. I've been blessed. I've been able to have a, a successful business. And if I can help other people have that success and have a business that, that they have uh, clients come to and rely on them because they're giving them such good service, that's that's the payback. That's where you get sure. payback with that. So um, I'm willing to help anybody as long as they're willing to learn and uh, and and understand that you know I'm I'm not perfect, but the things that I'm going to teach you I know work because we've put them into practice. Right, exactly. Well, it is a great podcast, and and um, I really appreciate the work that you do. And I I could talk to you for a very very long time. I say this every time I do an interview. We could go on for an hour, but yep. we we really are trying to keep these uh, short and sweet. And it's hard. It's hard to keep them short and sweet because there's so much to discuss, but they, those are future episodes. So I'm sure we'll do this again. Please. And I, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Maybe we should do a, um, uh, what do they call them in TV when you have a crossover? Maybe we should do like a crossover yeah. recording where we could do a uh, clearing the haze and I a member's memo that. and um, air them simultaneously. Haze. That would be fun. It would be. So, yeah. So I really appreciate it. And, uh, uh, Thanks for being vigilant and for being willing to teach us and help improve others in the industry, because this is something that while it does give you a competitive edge, um, your generosity of spirit is such that you share it with the rest of us to help keep the whole industry on its toes sharp and uh, doing the right thing and, and uh, raising the level of excellence and quality in collections. So thank you very much for that and for all that you guys do. And um, I certainly appreciate you being interviewed today. Any final thoughts before we sign off? You know, the only other thing that I would tell everybody is, you know, don't be scared. You know, you know what your job is. You know what you, what you need to do. Have confidence in yourself. You know, be willing to learn, even if it's other books or other things like that. And don't be scared to ask people questions. You know, I, I've made myself available to people. I have people email and, and call and, you know, sometimes I'm able to get, like I said, get with you right away. But sometimes, you know, it's just the way the, the business is. But I will get a hold of you. Um, we got to look to each other, take care of each other. And that's how you're going to get ahead in this business. Um not looking at each other as competition, but rather a resource. And I think if we do that, it's going to be, it's going to be a great thing for all of us. 
Absolutely. We're all, we're partners and not to sound like a COVID commercial, but we're in this together. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, as far as our industry goes, yep. we, it's, you know, we, we really do um, operate in many ways as a collective. So, mm-hmm. uh, so very true. All right, Chuck, while well, you have a, a great rest of your week, say hello to Miss Stacy, and um, we will look forward to the next time we get a talk on our podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's episode of Clearing the Haze. We hope you've enjoyed it. And if you would, please share this episode with those within our industry that would benefit from the information that we're recording here. Until next week, when we bring you another episode, remember, it's your vision, it's your dream, and it's your business. <laughs>